Hello, Mixed Nut Cases. This is Nuke Jess, and this is an episode of Nutty Bites Anime. And we are going to be discussing Cowboy Bebop. And this is actually a, a, a situation where I chose the anime. Um, so Netflix is coming out with a live action TV show of Cowboy Bebop. It's one of those animes. I've been knowing that I have to check it out. Everybody's told me I have to check it out. And I watched the trailer. And I realized, yes, everybody's right. It is Firefly. Um, and uh, it looks really cool. So let's try this out. So I enlisted the help of our resident otaku, Jason, and got two episodes to watch. But before we get into it, let me introduce who we have with us today as often. Hi, I'm Tech and I'm slightly confused. We'll get there. Okay. And our resident otaku. Hey, what's going on? It's Jason. And we watched Cowboy Bebop episodes 11 and 17. Yes. Toys in the Attic and Mushroom Samba. And Tech, do you have a textile summary for us? It's going to lead into a whole thing that I want to get into in a little bit. But 30 seconds summary. Um, this is the this is the anime that no one ever told you about that you needed to watch 20 years ago. This... <laughs> This is the major influence for basically every cartoon that's come out since and no one ever knew. And I'm going to get into the reasons why in a little bit. But um, did you like Firefly? Did you like Ruby? Did you like pretty much everything else either set in space, set in the past or set to jazz music? Yeah, because it's all this. This is where all of that comes from. <laughs> the next time we do this. We'll have to do the guy who did this show's other show. It's called Samurai Champloo. It's basically hip hop samurai and it's great. Okay. Um, I did hear about this on the signal, which is an old school podcast that I don't even think you can find the episodes for anymore, but it was all about Firefly and they started it before the movie came out. So, uh, and they were like, Oh, everybody's you. This and Blake Seven are two of the things that you have to watch. And uh, so now I've watched two episodes of this. And I just want to start with the credits. Okay, I Archer, Archer, I see your influence. Yeah, the, the credits, like Archer, you ripped this <laughs> off completely. The jazz music, the lines, the black and white, the silhouettes, the, yeah. Archer, you just, you, it's not even an homage. It's a rip off. Now. <laughs> How do we know that we've got a hard-boiled detective theme going on? Well, the main character's name is Spike Spiegel. Fantastic. Listen, a Japanese man named Spike Spiegel. It works. It works. Listen, listen. I know Archer rips this off, but is there a better opening theme song than Tank? Is I mean, it's so good. It is a pretty good I, I want to hum it right now. This also is every jazz band's nightmare. <laughs> like if for all my fellow band geeks out there trying to play Tank's opening theme song to this, this show is your nightmare. Probably. So go ahead. I'll start with my rant. I've been, waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this all night. So I'm trying to think, why didn't I watch this when I was a kid and this came out in 1998? Why am I only watching it now? Two big things come to mind. One is a me problem and one is a everybody else's. So one, the me problem is I can't get over things with stupid names. This has a very stupid name. So a thing called Cowboy Bebop, but has no Bebop in it and no cowboys in it. Actually, <laughs> actually in this cowboys are bounty hunters yeah but it's not called bounty hunter bebop it's called <laughs> cowboy bebop and they don't explain that because there's no bounty posters in the poster there's no nothing saying we mean bounty hunters bounty hunters in space with spaceships and guns they don't say that it's called cowboy bebop and it's a bunch of dudes in suits and one dude with a scar on his head a chick with a thong that goes up to her rib cage it's very reminiscent of that outfit that uh, what's her name had in Fifth Element. Yeah, here with the straps. Yeah, yeah. So one, I I couldn't get over the name, and I know that that's a me problem. Um, the other problem I had, the but the reason why I have a problem with names is because I've had tricks played on me before, where I was listening to a band that I thought I liked, or I was listening to a song that I thought I liked, and then gatekeeping jerks 
would be like, oh, but did you know that this is what it really means? Or what do you think that song means? Well, that's not what it means at all. It means this. So you don't understand it at all. So you can't like it. You can't like it as much as I do. Blah, 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 blah. So gatekeeping morons kept me out of a lot of really good music and a lot of really good TV shows. And that led to fear. Because if I don't understand what it is, then it's not for me. And I'm going to misinterpret something in this show. And then some gatekeeping otaku nerd is going to get, well, actually, you don't understand the TV show. It's, it's nuanced on so many levels. And then uh, it's going to completely ruin any of the enjoyment that I had. So the safest thing for me to do was to just stay away from it. So See, the reason why I didn't watch this was gatekeepers. And what I really needed, what 20 year old techie needed in 1998 was friends like you guys. This is that I didn't have then. This is definitely a show. The power scaling, gatekeeping, toxic taco. Sorry, tech hit on a rant of mine. And it's, it's because. One of the reasons why anime is very non-inclusive, even though, even though anime is very inclusive, it's super not like it's the weirdest thing is because of the fandom itself. It's all the only thing I've ever seen as bad as anime are Doctor Who fans. Oh, yes. Specifically David Tennant, Doctor Who fans. Even though he is my first. Or Matt Smith, any of them. He is my, he is my first doctor and I love him, but, um, this show was definitely one of those because it wasn't a hit in Japan. Japan did not like this show. So it was such a good anime, but it was a such an American anime because only American and Western audiences loved it. And it's, it, it's one of these things that, um, uh, it just, the, and I even heard this, I even heard this recently within the last couple of weeks talking to, um, a friend of mine. Uh, she was recommending an anime to me and it was you totally have to watch this show don't pay attention to the fans they're a bunch of toxic jerks and the, the the fan club is awful but the show is really really good so when you have to preface shows like that it's like yeah the fans are toxic but the show's awesome um i mean like let's let's not forget my history here i did not watch x files because of the way the fans behaved it's And I robbed myself of that experience because I couldn't get into it because of the fans. And honestly, I don't even have the stupid name problem that tech does, but this is a really stupid sounding name. And I often got it confused with Bubba Hotep, which is not an anime, which is a movie. It's live action. It's a Bruce Campbell. I know I got to watch it, but it's it's for some reason, both of them just sound so silly and weird. And I don't know that much about it. And they both have stupid names and I just haven't watched it. I can tell you one of the reasons I didn't watch it. Probably whenever I Googled it, I saw the art for Faye Valentine <laughs> and I just checked out uh, for me. I always because there's very similar looks. I know they're all very different. Jason, don't yeah. jump down my neck. We're good. I, I always got the look of three shows confused, and that's uh, Cowboy Bebop, Outlaw Star, and Trigun. I always got the three of them confused in my head. And you I watched not- a couple episodes of Trigun and didn't like it. You are so- not wrong for getting those shows confused. They all came out around the same time. They all had similar voice actors because Johnny Young Bosch got his big name claim to fame from uh, Trigun. Steve Bloom got famous for Cowboy Bebop. And the and the sh- the art and the show style of Outlaw Star is very reminiscent of Cowboy Bebop. And so that's one of the reasons why that show never caught on, even though, I, even though my favorite out of the three is Outlaw Star. And I, I like I watched a couple episodes of Trigun, but I had a friend with a red coat who thought he was Vash the Stampede who just did he have those glasses? Yes. Oh. Yes. And he also thought he was the plant dude from Blue Seed and uh he liked Vampire Hunter D and he liked X and you know he was I think that I know guy. this person. <laughs> By the way, kids, if you don't know what these anime are, go ask your parents. Don't Google them. Google don't, it. Don't. Just don't. Absolutely. Save yourselves. Actually, kids, don't Google, don't Google, um, 
Um, blue seed. Blue seed cool. is different than la blue girl. Google Google blue gender. You can say. No. All right. All right. So I'm pulling it back. Another reason I probably didn't watch this is it came out in 1998. And that was still around the time that I had to go to the East Village to get any. Uh, and I said this earlier. Uh, anime or what some people were still calling it then. Japanime. Japanimation. That is a term. <sighs> There are two things that a I lot cringe. Of, yeah. There are two things that a lot of newer anime fans do not remember that old anime fans like myself remember. That is tech's favorite company, manga entertainment with their commercials where the, where the, where the advertisement was just someone screaming manga. And then, and of then, course, and then KMFDM blaring at Ultra at the top of their lungs. Yeah, and then people referring to anime as Japanimation. And 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 well, I mean, it would be on signs in stores. Yeah. We sell Japanimation or Japanime. Well, even that, even that trope has been made fun of in movies because in the movie Super Troopers, they're looking for something with the logo of this little animated. Johnny Chimpo character. That's like, oh come on, Chief, it's great. It's Afghanistan animation. Oh, <laughs> oh it's so rough. It's just wrong. I, I yeah, so that's one of the reasons that I probably did not get into it at all. Um, but yeah, and I'm sure when I was in um that store that's basically the, the closet over another store in the East Village, and I had to climb over a bunch of toys just to look at the VHSs. Um that if I saw the art, I was like, yeah, no, I'm out. I mean, in 1998, we're still squarely having to either wake up at odd hours of the day to watch anime or we're having to, like you said, go to places, crawl through a hole in the wall like we're Alice and going to going following the white rabbit to knock on the door three times, tell the man through the slit in the glass that John has a long mustache. Listen. Do the secret handshake. I mean, and to to give you a little bit of more history, in 1998, I was still in college, and I it was somewhere in 98, early 99 that I got cable for the first time. And the reason I broke down and bought cable is because I live next to LaGuardia Airport, and as the planes went over my uh, area, Buffy would fritz out. Listen, guys. So I got basic cable. In 1998, I had just hit puberty. I was 13. Why, why, why do you have to mention puberty? That just made it weird. Thanks because, a lot, man. Because Faith Allen. But oh, well. <laughs> she helped. She helped. She helped little Jason. It's fun. Uh, although I got really confused later in life when I went to my first anime con and her voice actress was there. I love you, Wendy Lee. You are so amazing. Like literally, she she is one of my favorite shows. I have that con guy, by the way. She kissed. She put on fresh lipstick and kissed it. So there is a lip. My her kiss print is in my con guide, and she said she was very happy to take my con chair. All right then. Um, Wendy Lee is amazing. She's got. She's one of the most prolific. She's basically the Richard Epcar of lady voice actors like she's God gotten over you, please mrs valentine <laughs> <laughs> she's got like over 300 plus credits she's amazing and so good and has a delightful voice but jason loves you more than you will know Whoa. no she she made my she, i was so nervous that con i had never been to an anime con and she made me super comfortable it was so awesome she was amazing sadly i've never been to a con where she's actually attended since so i've not had a chance to try to get an interview with her for the podcast but cowboy Biba, and the reason why i picked these two episodes in particular is because they are some of the best from the series. And one of the things we like to talk about. So this when, entire thing is only 26 episodes. Yeah. Only, this entire show is only 26 episodes. Yeah. Spoiler alert, new guys. Naruto, Dragon Ball, One Piece, Bleach, that are a thousand episodes apiece. Not, in these, not back in the day. You got 26 and that was it, son. And here's the thing. I'm sorry, but One Piece is so misleading with that title. It's a fat. One is now over a thousand episodes. No, I refuse. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Forget you and your thirty-eight seasons of Pokemon. You know what? You know what? I got a gunsmith cast. I got three. I got an OVA. And you know what? It's awesome. 
it is uh, i wish there was more gunsmith cats but let's let's celebrate the anime that tell a story and are good yeah i'm so mad that i didn't get a second season of outlaw star like I'm still mad. Those 24 episodes I I've watched multiple times. Still mad I didn't get more. And that's I think that's the difference between a lot of anime series nowadays and old school anime. They told you a story and that was it. They didn't think they were going to get picked up by a network. They didn't think they were going to get picked up for extra distribution on DVD and Blu-ray. So they had to tell you that story and hope you liked it. Like yeah. they just they had to let it go. Because so they weren't going to get 400 episodes of filler for Naruto. Like, so this is basically bounty hunters mm-hmm. in space. Mm-hmm. And everybody's on like these uh, stretched out colonies on like asteroids and, and other areas. And instead of them being smugglers or just doing a job, they're bounty hunters. And they call bounty hunters cowboys. But And the level of technology on the colony planets is relatively low. Yeah. And so I don't know. If- they do have spaceships and there is a sci-fi element. When they get down to the planet, it's very recognizable buildings and houses and cars and, there's no, and trains. And there's no really faster than light travel either. Like, oh. yeah. And, and I don't know if you got that from these two episodes, but one of the things that they stole lock, stock and barrel from this show is the Chinese. Yeah. Because. because uh, I can't remember what episode it is, but they taught when they do the bounties and things, they speak and read signs in Chinese. And if you've seen Firefly, that's a thing that is prevalent throughout that entire series. Even the currency, the currency that they trade in, it's it's like a combination of uh, different Asian currencies. Um, the the but there's so much realness, you know, they're always hungry like literally hungry um <laughs> episodes, these two episodes i picked did revolve around food and and um you know they're they're constantly struggling and they're they're going paycheck to from pay to paycheck but what i like is the strong noir feeling you know that strong um you know um um the bass going and everything's jazzy yeah, and so dark. If, if Firefly wasn't done as a spaghetti western, but instead filmed as a film noir, yeah, detective thing, you get Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, and 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 Spike, I'd say, is pretty much your Malcolm Reynolds, um, with a little bit of suaveness of maybe Simon, because yeah, he is a veteran as well, right? Of some kind, of something. He has a past. So okay. Yes, he is a veteran of many things. Okay. okay. Then we'll, okay. Leave it, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that because we're probably going to finish this. But I will I will say that, yes, he is your young noir character and Jet is your Humphrey Bogart or your Walter Matthau. He's that old guy. The Jane been, Cobb. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the, the Jane for sure. He's been around the block a few times. He's he's tired of these whippersnappers, but he still can't give up the game. But see, with him, I see he's the Jane and he's the book. Yeah. And the wash. And the wash. A little because, bit of wash. Because yeah. there's his thing with Faye. Where <laughs> they have a friendship. Yeah. Jane has no friends. Yeah, that's Jane true. Jane has no friends on Firefly. No. Now, there's a wash and Zoe type scene at the start of one of these episodes where um they're bored because they're stuck in deep space and they have nothing to do so they decide to play dice strip dice yeah so they're playing strip dice and then it turns into well you're out of clothes i might as well get all the rest of your stuff and then it's face sitting on her side of the couch with mountains of all of his crap (laughs) that she has taken because he's a compulsive gambler and he can't stop losing and she's a con artist so she's a little bit uh She's a little bit of a Nora, a little bit of Mrs. Reynolds, and, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think Faye is one of my favorite femme fatale style characters is because she absolutely embodies it. She is sexy, but she's competent. She's strong. She doesn't need to be saved. And she gets a lot of these guys goat all the time. And then you've got Ed, who's basically, um, river with kaylee's attitude and for those out there if you were wondering if how anime deals when a when good anime deals with a lbgtq a character look no further than ed 
Ed is obviously non-binary and she's ace and it's amazing. If, if yeah, I think it's another one of these characters that they didn't know what they were writing, but they wrote it that way. So in, in the Wikipedia, it's Ed was originally supposed to be a young boy. And they were like, oh, we got too many dudes on this show. Let's make her a girl. Okay, but we're going to make her just kind of androgynous. Okay, and we're not going to change the name. So I, it's kind of, I don't think they were set out to write this, but it's definitely one of those characters that people could identify and claim as non-binary. And she is the, I mean, there's so many characters that have been written since Eric. We like Ed, I mean, yeah. Kaylee for one. Yeah. Ruby Rose from Ruby is another. Yeah. And, and- well, speaking of Ruby, we must mention Ayn. Because right. why so, is right? So I never got that joke watching Ruby where they're where they get their dog. It's like it's why he's this adorable caffeine powered corgi. Um, yeah, he's actually caffeine powered. When you give him coffee, he turns into a one of the he turns into a fighting monster, and he's awesome. But his name is Zwei, which is the German word for two, and with no explanation as to why. But in Cowboy Bebop, they have a pet corgi named Ein, the German word for one. When it gets and when, mushrooms, it hops. And yes. And oh, what, my God. Him him spaced out on mushrooms has to be one of the best things I've <laughs> seen animated. Because he, he just, his ears go up, he goes shock straight, and then hops on the end of his paws. And I think that they pay more care and attention to animating him than anyone else on the show. Um, by the way, when uh, Tech texts me, the custom sound effect I have is from Ruby where they go. Why? Listen, it's one of the things that made Monty such a genius when he decided to do Ruby is because he knew his audience and he knew the, he knew the assignment. He and understood that, the assignment. Yeah. He understood the assignment and that joke of the Corgi being why that's part of the assignment. Only people who've watched Cowboy Bebop are going to be like, Okay, I see the reference with the corgi. And then if you know a little bit of German, you're like, oh, I definitely get it now. Like, because it's the thing, like, it can't, like, why? I'm like, why is the dog's name two? Like, did one die? Like, why would you name your corgi two? And now like, that and you've now, gone, now I get the joke 10 years later. Yeah, now that you've gone back and watched this show that came out 12 years ago. Um, so the characters are fun. They definitely, I mean, they, they, Definitely took pieces of them and made whole characters for Firefly. Um, the ship is amazing. There's definitely pieces that are part of the Firefly. The one part I fell in love with, with the episode where um, the episode, uh, the first one you made us watch, uh, was it Toys, in, Toys the in the Attic? Yep. Yeah. Is part the first Alien movie and part the episode Polymorph. From yes. Polymorph, where yeah, they're, I being, was... they're being hunted by an alien creature. I was hoping you would get, I was hoping you would be excited about when he decides to get the flamethrower and the motion detector. Oh, yeah. You haven't seen Polymorph yet, have you, Jason? Not yet. Okay. Oh, that's the best. Be careful what you say here, Tech. Oh, there's a scene, there's a couple scenes from this that are direct rips from Polymorph. So at least the street goes both ways. Yeah. But there's a scene where he, the, the creature comes from, the refrigerator and he has to get rid of the refrigerator. So he decides to space it. So he has to shut off the gravity and open the, and open the door. And they animated mass. Yeah. Because the fridge has more mass than him, even though they're weightless in space. When they opened the door to the vacuum of space, he's getting pushed out the airlock, but the fridge isn't moving because it's more massive. And yep. just the fact that they had that much sense to animate objects of different mass moving at different rates with a constant force, just pure, utter genius animating. And they play with it a couple of times. There's like another scene where um, uh, uh, Jet tosses something to him and he's sitting down and it, you can see that it's floating. They have gravity, but there's a little like not so much that light things might not float. Yeah, because the, because the object in the air was closer to the center yeah. of the spinning thing, so there's less gravity up there. Yeah, and then there's there's the they've got the spinning part that gives them gravity, and you see them walking through that area a lot. 
Um, that's where, where Zwei likes to hang. Yeah. And there's just, it's, it's so fascinating and I absolutely love it. The spinning piece, by the way, reminds me a little bit of the spinning piece of the station in Babylon 5, because that's how the station has gravity, uh, that the whole thing spins. Um, there's, there's a lot of the aesthetics and I, I'm going to say, because I saw the Netflix trailer first, I'm a little more blown away by what they're going to do in the live action because it looks beautiful. And I'm really excited. The thing about this live action Netflix series, and let's be honest, Netflix has a history of adapting live anime into live action and it being the hottest steaming pile of fresh garbage you could ever. What what have they done so far? They did Death Note. Oh, oh, oh. But didn't people really like, is it Umbrella Academy? Umbrella Academy is an actually American comic. Okay. But I did not like that because they have two siblings who are adopted, raised as siblings. Yeah, that's why Nutty won't watch it. Who want to bone. And they do. And I'm like, I'm no, 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 no. Those are siblings. That's not okay. No, it's not. But- um, Death Note was the one they did that people absolutely hated. Um, some of the reasons people hated it was stupid. Like when they turned one character from a Japanese character to a black person, that was stupid for them to be upset about. But what they should have been upset about was the plot and the story. But the best shining part of that is Willem Dafoe as the titular Ryuk. Well, I, I will say from the from the long trailer that I saw of the new Cowboy Bebop and of what I've seen of the the two episodes I watched, um, there does seem to be a hell of a lot of care for the source material, just in the snippets of conversation, the music, the everything. It looks it looks really really good, and it's it's Harold from Harold and Kumar. Yeah, I so it's Sulu. It's Sulu exactly. So this will be the first thing I've watched him do outside of the Star Trek stuff that will be a serious thing outside of, you know, because Harold and Kumar obviously are comedies. Um, so this will be the second serious thing I've seen him do, and I cannot wait. Now, one thing I do think I'm very impressed with is because the creator of Cowboy Bebop loves music. He's a music head if there ever was one. You can tell by watching. Yeah, so with Cowboy Bebop, he it's all jazz, it's all blues, it's so good. And then he did another show called Samurai Champloo, which is just hip hop. And it's like it's like the lo-fi hip hop playlist that you can get on mm-hmm. Imagine that, but with Samurai. And it's great. Um he even gets Steve Bloom, the voice of Spike, back mm-hmm. for uh for for they get the, they get him back for so Steve Bloom, by the way, for most people listening, that would be Wolverine's voice. And I know. Yeah. 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 There's a there's a there's a there's a X-Men Wolverine anime style thing. It's it's in the same. Vein. But no, no, no. He he did it in the 80s cartoon like he's done Wolverine in multiple projects. He's the voice of Wolverine. Steve Bloom is a super prolific voice actor nowadays. Um if you hear a person playing a character with that kind of gruff but younger voice, hey, Bub. it's probably Steve. Just like the voice actor of Jet. Like if there's an older gruff character that's not Richard Epcar, it's this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what I what I like is all right, so in the anime, um they they're all mostly Asian, you know, drawn Asian. And in the Netflix series, we've got at least the lead is still Asian. And then Jet Black while the dub is um, played by a black voice actor in the anime, it's still an Asian character, but it, they've made the character black and it's being played by the guy who played Bushmaster on Luke Cage. And we love him, Mustafa Shakir. He is amazing. And then Faye is a new, well, not a newcomer because she's done her own things, but I haven't seen anything she's done. Um, and she's Mexican. So I kind of like that we didn't go, let's do an anime and cast all these white people. Looking at you, ghosts in the show. Uh. So what, one of the things I'm interested to see how they do in the live action, because the live action is a part of this, because it spawned why this episode happened. Mm. Um, 
there are things that happen later that I cannot wait. And I really hope they do not shy away from it. I hope they, I, I hope they put it in because there is a male to female trans character who was a soldier in the military in this show. Okay. And he's a key character. In fact, for a short period of time, spoilers. So bit of a bit of a spoiler. You had hot dogs, not chicken. But they were chicken hot dogs. Oh, um, but it's not. Why are you eating chicken hot dogs? <laughs> it just happened. They were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's not a spoiler as in like plot point. But they are one of Faye's lovers. Okay, that's fine. And and so I want to see how that is adapted for the screen, and I will be very upset. Well, it'll be interesting because I'm depending on where they go. I don't know the whole story from the show, but depending on where they go, they may not tell the same story. Yes, and and, and if they go that route, then I'm okay with it. But if, yeah. they, if they stick to the series and the manga, then I need this character to be done well. And mm-hmm. I and it's not from a place of you got to stick to the original material. It's just that we don't get, there are certain types of characters. We don't get enough of good fathers. Yeah. We don't get enough of them. Unless you're watching studio Ghibli. Then you have great. He's dead. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Didn't, wasn't he picked for worst dad? He's in, he's literally in my top three of worst dads. But you don't like, get, come on. You don't get good fathers. You don't get good homosexual, you know, trans representation. You don't get, a, and I'm looking at you, Dragon Ball Z. You do not get people of color representation done well. The big lips and the, you know, yeah. Black hey, Pic- Piccolo's a person of color. Yeah, he's the best black character in Dragon Ball Z ever. And he's green. And he's green. So, not- uh, getting to that, the, the episodes you had us watch on this one planet, there's like a nice handful of black characters, oh, including God. a bounty hunter who could be, you know, Foxy Brown. Awesome. But it's, I don't think, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, it didn't seem like they, anybody was being drawn insulting. No, they were not. They looked, yeah. they, they, they looked, looked like black. people. They looked black. They didn't have the red lips. And the super dark skin, like they weren't these minstrel black face character representations that um, you would see in other other anime. anime. And we're 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 expecting that because we've seen such horrible representation yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. You guys won't call it out, but I will because I've watched it. I'm looking at you, Dragon Ball Z. Mister Popo is a racist caricature, and it's terrible. Hey, guess you- what? What's the one anime Nutty has? Forbidden for this series. Hey, even <laughs> even what Jason, even one of your favorite characters from one of your favorite shows is a horrible caricature and bad representation if we analyze it in a little bit. And I'm talking about from One Punch Man, Poogie Poogie Prisoner. Oh yeah. Woo! As as awesome of a character as that is, he's a terrible character. He is <laughs> ever he is the 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 um culmination or the idea that actual homophobia represents that is what people are afraid of only thing worse and and honestly because of how they draw putty putty prisoner he's not a white character no by the way they draw him he has an afro he has large lips so he is a person of color by the way they draw him so there are a whole measure of and things. he has darker skin yes he does there's a whole measure of things that make that a terrible insinuation and he's a predator yeah, nutty i'm trying not to talk about these things that you keep pointing Just them saying. out like even some of our favorites we've got really bad representation yeah. so hey, this show this, this show does not is not one of what yeah. we're seeing i mean it does have the uh watermelon breasts and the impossible anatomy and the is it suspenders yeah lilu dallas multi-pass outfit for faye it's yeah i will say this a a fan service there sure but you know it's the same thing as um i see that as the same thing as in firefly where everybody on that show in a bunch of ragtag misfits is Eight plus out of ten gorgeous. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. I listen. 
Like I, when even the fugliest dude is is wash and still everybody's going to take him home. It's the CW effect. Bobby Bobby is the daddy of that show and we're like he's gorgeous. <laughs> uh dude, you got to watch Deadwood kiss Ellsworth, you're going to be like, "Oh, I really want to snuggle with it's Ellsworth." The same character or actor. It's the same actor. Yes. It's but, not exactly the same character, but the heart is even stronger. But you know like but in Cowboy Bebop, the, what we're talking about is in, in the episode, um, uh, the mushroom samba, there is, there are two black characters. There's the Foxy Brown style character. And then there's kind of the hustler, gunslinger, you know, shyster character. Well, there's the dragging a coffin down Main Street. Yeah. There's who the, the dude dragging the coffin. Who doesn't the, love spaghetti westerns? There's the dude, um, selling the poisonous mushrooms. Who's Latino? Is he? Oh, I thought he was black too. No, 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 no. The guy selling the watermelon is Latino. Yeah, the guy selling the watermelon was Latino. Right, but the 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 mushroom the, dealer. The, he the was mushroom black. dealer that they were hunting. Yeah, his name was like Gonzalez or something. That's like true. That. Yeah, so so maybe he was black and Latino mix. But either way, he had dreads and he didn't care that your brother OD'd on his mushroom. That's right, Domino Walker. That's his name. Ah. Uh, but. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he's he's also Latino. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and then some of the cops were black, and you, you had a lot of, you know, I yeah. think it worked. There's there was a variety. Here's here's the thing, and there's probably going to be some people out there probably not listening to this podcast, but if they do stumble across it and hear this, I hope they get mad. Um, you can't have a show based around jazz and blues and not have black people. Sorry. Yeah. It I'm just gonna, won't happen that way. You can. It'll be awful. It'll be awful. <laughs> so, Jason, you could totally, um, you could totally cosplay Shaft from this episode. Like that'd be no problem for you. Listen, can I get a? Can I carry a casket and tech? Are you gonna run it over? <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite moments in this show because he's like, I'm. You see me? I'm dragging this coffin behind me because my brother had one of your mushrooms and laughed himself to death. And I'm going to put you in it. And it immediately gives a great way to go. Yeah. And Ed goes, that sounds like fun, by the way. Ed is the best part of this conversation because she's trolling without trolling. Oh my god. By the way, so trolling. We need to talk about we need to talk to Spike about responsible parenting. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because one, abandoning your 13-year-old on a uh, space planet, you know, fine, whatever. Um, but specifically, I am going to let my child, but the child that I am responsible for in the depths of space, walk around in bicycle shorts, a crop top, and barefoot. With, yeah, with yeah, their no. dog. And the dog. By the way, the smartest member of this crew is the dog. That is best, awesome. That's the best part. If you didn't have, if you've not watched the show before, Ayn is actually a genetically bred corgi that is a genius. It's a, it's this hyper intelligent dog that also is a, which also is a thumb drive. Wait, what? Yeah, you guys haven't seen the very first episode where Spike fights a black man in an Afro who, who surprisingly looks like Afro Samurai to try to get Ein because Ein is a, a dog with a memory st- who basically can be used as a bio, biomechanical in, uh, memory stick. Now, there is that one really confusing scene at the end of the second episode that we watched where uh, the whole thing has to do with a fight on a train. The train gets stopped because there's a cow on the tracks. And then Ayn walks up to the cow and goes, oh, my God, yeah, it's thanks. so great. And the cow's like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, and they're but- speaking in cow and dog. So the humans can't understand. It's- but Ayn's like, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. And then Ayn just walks away. It's that universal animal language. Uh, I love it. All right. So he speaks cow and somehow manages. You know what I love about this is there's enough humor and everything's so crazy that you just roll with it. Again. And that the rules don't really matter too much. You just roll with it. So I'm excited to learn the full story. I'm excited to find out that there is a full story. And that you, it, 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 it tells a whole story. And these, and here's the thing. In these two episodes, you guys haven't even met the villain. Like you guys haven't even met the villain of the series whose okay. name, because this show doesn't give a lot of creativity to names. 
but it also gives creativity to names. The villain of the series' name is Vicious. All right. I mean, that works. But I, I got to say, um, I'm glad that it's 26 episodes because now I can watch the whole thing and see the whole story yep. as opposed to things like Dragon Ball or One Piece that I will never start because I can never finish as them. A, as a gag, we have talked about someone on the Patreon contributing $35 a month. Yeah, no, that's not, it's still vetoed. I don't care. Look, if, if, if you decide that you want to contribute $50 a month or whatever, I've got to set it. I don't remember. But if you decide that you're going to get a producer credit for the month and you want me to do Dragon Ball, I am telling you right now, I will say no, I will refund your money. I do not care. Do a hundred dollars. I do know. It's not happening. Do a thousand dollars. And on that note, we're moving on because this isn't happening. There's a thing called consent and consent is important. Jason just turned into Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. Everyone has their price. He's counting out. the. Yeah, no, consent is really important. And we know that we must respect people's boundaries and my patrons and listeners. They understand this. They know the difference between uh, making me watch my little pony for a charity donation, which was awesome, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, And making me watch something that I've said no to. (laughs) <laughs> for very specific reasons because I hate it <laughs> and I've already been forced to watch it enough and let's I don't be, need it and let's be real we respect people's boundaries here on this show because Jen is not on this episode because she literally hates Cowboy Bebop yeah it's kind of sad it is sad I me. mean it's okay though but you know what Everybody has their limits and that's fine. And maybe it's just too crazy or maybe whatever. Or mi- Oh, I know why you said, cause you had her watch from the first episode. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and saying, wow, they really like it. They want to watch the whole thing. Let me start from the beginning. Don't start from the beginning. Watch episode 11. You yep. can watch episode 17. And if you had fun with those, then you can go back and slug through at least the first four episodes because I haven't seen them. But apparently it takes at least four episodes to meet everybody. And honestly, if you start, if you start with Toys in the Attic and you start with Mushroom Samba or the alternate episode that we were going to, that we might have watched for this episode, we, we didn't, called Heavy Metal Queen. Have you ever seen a bad sci-fi movie called, um, oh God, it was, it's, it's about space truckers. Like, Ice Pirates? Yes. Thank you. Ice Pirates is such a bad movie. I love it so much. Yeah, but, but, but there's a lot of references to like to ice pirates and stuff in heavy metal queen heavy metal queen's really really good so tech and i were talking the other night about really stupid movies because i had just watched um the hitman's wife's bodyguard and um yeah that'll go on that list but it's not in the really enjoyable side with it because it's not I'm pretty sure it's even less enjoyable now. Does it, it just doesn't go far enough. Like, no. if you're going to do a movie that's so bad it's good, you just have to. Leave. Like, if they pushed it a little further, it might be stupid and enjoyable, like Time Bandits, but they're not quite Time Bandits. And 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 like Tech mentioned earlier, the technology in this world is still very low tech. So, I love it because uh, it's dirty tech. Yes. I like not 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 you tech. It's dirty technology. Um, Hi, I'm dirty tech. <laughs> no, that's you in a mustache. Um, that's you oh, and cat girl Nuki. That's you. Okay, just a mustache. How's that? That's, that's you and cat girl Nuki Nuki. It's fine. So, but like, I like dirty tech. Uh, there's the the term diesel punk, right? You know, like I like the idea of things having levers and switches, and they're always half working and i'm just i'm 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 fixing it up just enough to get me to the next stop and that's that's the technology in this show yeah and and again like i picked these two episodes because they're two of the best episodes in the series and they're they're encapsulated right they are a story from start to finish within 30 minutes or i think it's like 23 minutes yeah it's like 20 24 minutes an average a half hour show for with commercials and they're all about food a Toys in the Attic is about when Spike forgot that he got a lobster. A space and don't lobster. leave seafood in the fridge too long. For a year. A year. <laughs> that is that is 
frightening. And then it evolved into some kind of genetic horror, dimensional shifting horror monster that was sickening his entire crew. That really sounds like a plot from Red Dwarf, doesn't it? And I, I also love the fact that the reason he forgot about it is because he hid it so that no one else in the crew could eat it. Because he's selfish. And, but also the main reason is because they all keep eating each other's food, which is actually a plot point to the next episode, Mushroom <laughs> Samba. <laughs> By the way, Red Dwarf, another show that has dirty technology. Yep. Yeah, also it's really dirty because Lister won't clean it or uh, fix it. So here's a question, and this is a really odd question, but when was the last time you saw a female character have to take a poop? When was the last time you saw anyone in a space show use the restroom or the washroom? Honestly, she had to to take a poop and then the the mushrooms kicked in and she just kind of stopped there and then started swimming in place because I think even better, even better. Then Ein high on mushrooms is Spike climbing the never ending staircase. And then you're in his head and it's going on forever. And then you zoom out and it's him on one step, not actually climbing, but just moving his feet. And every time they cut back to it, I lost it. You know, these are the stairs to heaven, right? Looks down at the little frog. Yeah, I don't care. Get out of my way, you stupid frog. Get out of my way, you stupid frog. Like, I was just trying to help you. <laughs> also, the best part, the best part of it all is they're all trolled and set up to take these mushrooms by Ed because Ed heard about them. It was like, I want to see what happens because my dog is hopping. <laughs> it's so good. And Ed uses the same bait, just putting one on a plate in the middle of a camp and then everybody so- goes up one at a time and steals it. It's a wily coyote trap. It's 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 it is. It it's a, a lot of fun. It was a plate of free bird seed. You're absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> and they all steal it in a way unique to them. Like Spike yeah. Spike sees it and goes <laughs> and like tries to like sneak it behind and eat it quick. And then like Faye rationalizes, well, like, well, obviously, if they didn't want me to eat it, they wouldn't have had it here. And like so. I'm, no, it's ex- not really here. I'm so excited by um, you. Your whistling reminded me, by the way, there's uh, in the episode I watched without you tech uh, whistling's a big character character trait for Spike. And I just realized, like, hopefully with the costumes in the, the live action, the three of us could totally cosplay this show. Hey, I'm losing enough hair. I could play Jet. And 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 tech is going to be Spike because he can even do the whistling. And as long as I don't have to wear like a bandage and a jacket that I'm not allowed to tie up, I could do Faye. As long as you're not wearing whatever the hell Faye was wearing. No, it it really confuses me and not in a good way. I really don't like it when women are drawn like not women. And it's not like, oh, it's overtly sexualized. Like she doesn't have hips and the, her breasts do not look like, like Rob Liefeld would have done a better job. I mean, that's how bad she's drawn. (laughs) Oh God. Now I will give you this about Faye. Faye's curvature and sex appeal change based around what she's doing. It's true. And that's the other thing. Her body kept changing, which is what made me think of Rob Liefeld because she, her body would look different in every scene. Like they don't want her to be sexy when she's taking a poop because she's got the Hershey squirts because she ate bad rations. So she's the flattest yeah, she's ever the, been. By the way, that answered who ate the rations. It did. It was so Because good. they said the rations had expired a year ago. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, I gotta go. And then she leaves and nobody else jumped on that. And also, she's basically out of the episode from that point. Like, <sighs> Other than when she thinks she's drowning in the toilet. She's not out of the episode. She's just in the bathroom the entire time. And the best gag is I'm walking back and forth in front of the bathroom and you just hear Faye going, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up. This was enjoyable. It was a lot of fun. You can hear us gushing. Uh, tech, what would, what would you give this as an initial rating? Not a full rating. We're not like just 
we don't really do full ratings on Nutty Bites Anime, but on the lines of you're happy this was introduced to you, you want to watch it again, you're excited, you can't wait, or, you know, like, where are you on watching more, basically? This is definitely an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 losses of respect for Joss Whedon. Uh, Uh, I mean, there's not much more to lose at this point, but yeah. uh, I can still lose more. Yeah. This is the last of it. Because remember, guys, when they asked him about it, he said, I've never watched that show. I don't watch any anime. I don't watch anime. Oh, that's my rant. I've totally, for- I'll get to that when I do my ant- wrap up. Go ahead. I don't want to cut off deck. No, that's, I'm, uh, I'm excited for this. I, um, I, I, I'm glad that it's 26, 24 more episodes I can watch and then, uh, get a sense for the whole thing. I think this will help me enjoy a lot of the shows that I like a lot more because now I'll have a sense of where those jokes come from. So we have until November 19th uh, to watch the rest of this, because that's my plan is to watch this series before the live action comes out. I'm excited. I, I want to tear through the rest of it. I think, you know, eight out of 10 is really uh, where I am. And I'm excited not just to watch the rest of this, but to watch the rest, uh, you know, to watch this live action coming up. As Jason said, there is an animated movie. It's just kind of like a long episode that takes place in the middle of the series somewhere. Uh, so like, just think one of the comic books for Firefly. Um, and that, you know, so I don't think I have to watch that before the, the show comes out, but, um, yeah. So the whole thing about Joss Whedon saying this is not based on any anime. I don't watch anime garbage. Shut up. And one of the reasons I think that might have been because he did say he was like, I was heavily influenced by Star Wars. I was heavily influenced. This is basically Star Wars. And the only Star Trek thing is be the wagon train to the stars thing. Blah, blah, blah. But you know what? He refused to admit that he was influenced by anime because at that time, anime was not popular and it didn't help him sell himself as a writer and push his career forward if he said that i'm making a japanese cartoon for a north american audience in live action it would have been a death sentence and they would have canceled it even faster than they but did. even after the show came out if he said that it was about anime that doesn't help anyone want to buy another project of his if he made firefly today and somebody said hey this reminds me a lot of cowboy bebop and outlaw and some of these other animes you go well you know art doesn't exist in a vacuum and of course i'm inspired by different things and i wanted to make a new story with some of these influences he probably would have said that today because anime is a seller people love anime now and he couldn't because he's a kid i'm not going to say why because i don't want to put motivations into somebody else without knowing it but i do not respect that and just to tie that on one of the people that him that Whedon and Abrams has said they were influenced by is George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. George Lucas got Star Wars from an old Akira Kurosawa film called Hidden Fortress. So if George Lucas could admit right away, he did finally admit, but he he, he didn't admit immediately to the influences of another Japanese filmmaker, Akira Kurosawa, to how he got Star Wars why in the world would Whedon admit that he stole lock, stock, and barrel from a Japanese cartoon? I mean, and you know what? We know that anime influences other creators. Like John Lasseter wanted, loved Ghibli so much, he made Pixar so that we could have North American Ghibli. I mean, yeah. this is this is known. And he doesn't and he doesn't hide it. He doesn't try to deny it. He's like, no, I love Ghibli. Yeah. I wanted this to be the American Ghibli. And they're and, like, and, and when you see Luca, when you finally watch Luca, that goes full circle because I thought it was a Ghibli film. Yeah. It, and, it, it's so Ghibli esque. Yeah. And, and that's one of the good parents, <clears throat> positive father. Parents aren't killed in the beginning like every other Disney or Tip Pixar movie. <laughs> and, and, and that's, I think, one of the reasons. Flying. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Like that's one of the reasons why I I can I can say that the Pixar things don't bother me like it does other things because John Lasseter and Pixar openly own up to their influences. They and that's the thing. Up. I want to see that respect. I want people to admit it. It's like when Aaron Magruder says, "Yeah, anime. That's what I'm trying to do. I love anime. I love Shogun. I want to bring that into. I made a comic. 
and I'm thinking and I wanted to make it animated, it's going to be heavily influenced by anime because that is the storytelling I want to tell. It's just admit it. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino. He loves classic Kung Fu movies and anime. Looking at you, Kill Bill. You're based around uh, Kazuma Koake's Lady Snowblood. It's fine. Now, for Cowboy Bebop, for me, and this is because I've seen the entire series, I own the entire series, um, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. All right. Um, This is one of those series that fleshes out every character's backstory. And they're all, they're not useless backstories either. Not even Ed's backstory. Not even Ayn's backstory is useless. They all have significance. They all have purpose. They all have clarity to the character. And it's just really, really good. Yes, the main character, Spike, is the one who gets the most, but that's because his character kind of encompasses the most. And the villain, Vicious, is kind of a key component of his backstory. And so it's just that film noir, that gritty detective style story with anime nuance and anime violence, but also anime tropes when it comes to certain characters. But it all blends together and makes a wonderful tapestry of something that even in 2021 is still considered one of the greatest anime ever to be made, even if it did not have a very good, you know, popularity and reception in Japan. Hey, popular and long lasting are not always the same. Nope. You know, just because something is a box office seller doesn't mean that people are going to remember it. Some movies happen to be both Star Wars, E.T., but a lot of movies, Terminator bombed in the box office. So you, you this idea of it wasn't popular then, but it's popular now. That's fine. A good story hopefully can find its way. So this is what we thought. I would love to know what you think. By the way, this is all on Netflix. I believe because of the Netflix deal, they were able to secure the rights for the anime. The anime is there. The um, animated movie is there. And November 19th, the live action series is coming. So if you want to check it out and you want to tell us what you think, or you've watched this a million times and you think we're stupid for whatever we said, no, just kidding. Please be nice. Uh, you can send us your thoughts. You can go to discord. Uh, you can go to, um, the Facebook group. You can go to anywhere on social media. Just go to nimlas.org to find links for all of that. Um, and if you're a patron, uh, Patreon patron, uh, you have special links as well that if you follow those links, they get you the special discord. Anything else? Oh, Jason, where can people find you? You all can find me at nerdswithvoices.com where I do all the random things when I have time. <laughs> and I'm not on here because I'm on here a lot. That's okay. Like we're, we're sibling podcasts for sure. Your, your, your podcast is the, uh, the sibling that swears a lot and, uh, shows you movies you aren't supposed to watch. Or that makes you cry. And buys you alcohol before you're legal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's safe to do it in my basement. Just nowhere else. It's fine. All right. Thanks your, so much. Your podcast is the little younger sibling that took up smoking and I'm the one that has to hide your smoke so mom doesn't find out. <laughs> You swear you'll you swear that you owe me and that you'll pay me, but you'll never pay me back, man. I I could bury your podcast. What's that smell? Oh, there was somebody walking by. I don't know. That's weird. Holding them for a friend, mom. Burrito. No, 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 taco. No, little Jason reads those for the articles. Yeah, I don't don't know. Story. It's all about the story. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. And we want to thank our patrons because without you, we wouldn't be doing two episodes a month. So we want to thank our top patrons. Uh, we want to thank the uh, top tier. Thank you to Jax, our top patron. Thank you to Jason. Thank you to Rich the TT. And for our patrons of the arts, thank you to Andy, to Dare, to uh, Mark Cabot, to in- the Encaffeinated One. Melissa, the bathtub mermaid, the radical geek, 
and Susanna. Thank you so much. And we want to thank our other patrons because without you, you are the lifeblood. We wouldn't be where we are now in this campaign. So thank you to Shane, Cliff, Grig, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Mike, Patrick, Stephen, Tibby, Will, and Zach Man. Thank you so much. Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-Nutty42. 